Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we're making faith practical as you raise the next generation to follow Jesus. My name is Todd Lesher. Thanks for listening. I created this podcast to give parents some practical tools for the life and faith of their family. I had the privilege of talking with my friend Austin Rawlings about dealing with disruption as we parent. We had a great conversation, and I can't wait to share it with you. I'm grateful to have you listen in. If you find this helpful for you and your family, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and share it with someone else. Your words and shares allow us to share these words with others. Thank you. Now here's my conversation with Austin. Hey, Austin. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Todd. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to have you on this podcast. So I know you pretty well, but why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself and tell our audience a little bit about your family? Will do. And before I do that, I'm surprised that you're willing to risk your entire uh, ministry career <laughs> on an interview with, with me. So something tells me that COVID has gotten to you as well. If you're <laughs> in the, in the no, man, I've just been waiting to get you on the podcast. It took a long time, but I finally convinced you. So <laughs> take it away. <laughs> well, uh, Austin Rawlings. Um, so I am uh, married to the great Jennifer Rawlings. Uh, we, are, we are getting ready to celebrate 10 years this September. Nice. Uh, we've got, uh, we have two girls. Um, so soon to be seven and four. So Kennedy uh, is a first grader. Uh, I would say it's Smithfield, but this year it feels like she's been in about six different schools mm. between home and daycare and virtual learning and all of those things. And then yeah. Lainey, uh, who is getting ready to turn four, uh, who has a personality <laughs> much bigger uh, than, than the four years that she has blessed us with. So I'm hashtag girl dad, uh, yep. which has been a, a, really, a really fun last seven years for me. We've been a part of the Forest Hill community for, gosh, I think 14 years now. Yeah. And we've spent the last two years uh, over at South Boulevard. Um, so we've, uh, we've bounced around between South Park and then South Boulevard as that campus got launched um, and really enjoyed our time there. Uh, on the personal side, uh, you know, I am a, uh, I'm an avid Duke fan. Uh, so <laughs> if, if they just are listening to this, they can't see the, the beautiful uh, quarter zip that is being worn today. Um, <laughs> But we're, we're big fans of things like Enneagram and Strength Finders. Um, and I, I try, I've worked really hard to try to figure out how uh, life uh, in itself is not separated, but, you know, work, friends, mm. church, right, all kind of coexist in, in what we do. And uh, we've had a, a fun probably last five years trying to figure out how to, how to live that out and what that would look like for, for us and our family. That's really great. Well, thanks for the intro. Uh, Austin was very gracious to me that he didn't include me in his intro. Austin and I have been friends for, I don't know, 5, 12, 14 years, something like that. We were neighbors just down the street uh, when I lived in Charlotte and Austin used to destroy me on the basketball court. So <laughs> I don't know why I felt like that was important, but I was like, if you really want to know Austin, uh, he's no mercy on the court. And uh, I received that. Well, I will, I will strike out some of my future comments since you brought it up first. I, I, will, <laughs> I was wondering who was gonna who was gonna claim victory and how you were gonna position it. So I I do remember uh, in our younger years, um, 
Uh -huh. Very competitive battles in the driveway. Um, some would say home court advantage and a rim helped you, and others, you know, would would say, "Hey, it's just the way the way the ball never lies." It's true. It's true. Those were those were a blast. That is for sure. But I had to be honest here. People would ask you; they'd find you at church or something like that, and they'd be like, "Did Todd really beat you in basketball?" And you'd be like, "No way. It's never <laughs> happened." <laughs> All right. Well, we're not talking about basketball today, even though we both could talk for days about the past and uh, the present. But we'll save that for another conversation. Today, I've invited Austin to talk about dealing with disruptions we face in life, especially when it comes to dealing with them as a parent. So disruptions are a part of life. They're unexpected and challenging. They catch us off guard and knock us off balance. But we can learn how to cope with them in healthy ways that allow us to move forward and parent well when they occur. And my friend Austin has encountered a number of disruptions in just the past couple of years. And so, Austin, why don't you take a few moments to share your story with our listeners? Yeah, so I'll probably time frame this going back um, to, to 2016. Mm -hmm. you know, this was so Kennedy, our, our oldest, was two years old, so our first our first child and. Uh, we started to uh, have an eventful, that was the start of an eventful 18 months, Yeah, I would probably say for us, and maybe even a little bit longer that stretching out two years. Uh, but in 2016, Jen and I both uh, made career changes. Hmm. So we were, we were trying to find uh, our footing on new rhythms, uh, new roles, getting outside of uh, our, our comfort zone a little bit. I, I left uh, the large enterprise world after uh, almost 11 years and joined a, a good friend of mine uh, in a startup. Um, that, mm -hmm. So I was employee number, I think around 27 or so. And so there was a, a, lot, of, uh, a lot of things that we were taking some risk and putting some faith in uh, around that time. And um, that, that was kind of a, a big piece for us that really started to change things. 2017 is the year that I, I normally say I don't like to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, we had we, we had a lot um, go on in 2017. I mean, there was, um, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease mm -hmm. after about 15 years of trying to identify what was going wrong with me, bouncing around from, from doctor to doctor and health system uh, with just a number of random bleeding stomach ulcers and mm. tooth falling out and uh, fistulas and things that uh, every doctor said, you're normal, you're healthy, and uh, couldn't quite identify. So I finally was diagnosed in, in 2017. So I started treatment on that. Um, at the same time, um, Jen's sister um, gave birth to Hayden. And uh, she was, I believe, uh, two months older, a month and a half older than Lainey. Um, mm -hmm. She was born uh, with a number of complications. And uh, was uh, was in uh, Levine's ICU and um, finally got a chance to come home, but uh, you know she didn't she didn't make it more than six months, and so mm -hmm. we had to experience the the loss of what that felt like for our family and um, and and just going through that trauma with her and uh, trying to deal with it um, with having uh, our second around that same time and you yeah. know what did that look like for us um, on the work side. Uh, we also um, at Torrent went through removing one of our founders, mm. uh, one of our chief of staff, um, and that was uh, abrupt, uh, unexpected, and and really challenging. So I had uh, those three things collide all yeah. in about a, a three month period, and uh, and on top of that, Lainey had just a ton of health issues as a newborn. 
So um, we were trying to manage all of those pieces and, and that led to, to me being on the floor. Um, that's mm -hmm. a, figuratively speaking, I was on sure. the floor uh, for multiple times with chronic back pain, unable to get up and even, even led a trip to the ER. So those were, those were real, mm -hmm. <laughs> real things for us. I think both emotionally trying to, to cope and, and deal with physically um, trying to, to cope and deal with while having a, a second kid and, and trying to figure out how to how to move through through life. So those were were a really tough 18 months. Yeah, trying to, to navigate all of those things, man. And we're here recording in 2021. And I think a lot of us uh, around the world really looked at 2020 as a year of great promise and opportunity. I mean, just the the year itself, 2020 vision, you know, it's like, oh, this year is going to be, it's going to hold something that we don't expect. And for sure it did. <laughs> but I think that happens with every year and take 2017, right? As the year approach, it's like, hey, new year, new me, what's it going to bring? And we never know if it's going to be great opportunity or great disruption. And so if you were to like list the top 10 disruptions we face in life, if someone were to take a survey or a poll, I think you've checked off a majority of those in 2017, you know, you've health, financial, leadership, work, marriage, and parenting. So what, what kept you moving forward during those 18 months specifically? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think part of, you know, we, we had, we just had this conviction mm -hmm. um, that this was just part of our story. Mm. And I think as, as painful as some of those days were, um, we were, we were really confident that we were going to come out the other side of it. So I know I, I mentioned a little bit of strength finders in, in my opening comments, you know, my wife's number one is positivity. Mm. And so she has uh, an amazing way um, of, of looking at things. Uh, one of mine is restorative, which means I look at problems um, as they are, try to find the root cause of them, mm. uh, which can actually lead to some negativity as sure. I try to wrestle with the problem. So, you know, I, I think I learned a lot about myself during that time and, and how to balance things out. Um, I would say that, you know, she committed to me in sickness and in health. Mm. And, and, you know, um, she never said, hey, this isn't fair. I would say that a lot of the burden went to her in 2017 as I was trying to navigate work and my own health. And, yeah. you know, she was supporting her sister and being a mom and trying to figure out how to keep me fed and healthy and, you know, support me when, when I physically wasn't able to do things, but never once did she waver mm. or, or complain. Um, and I think that, you know, that for somebody that's, you know, going through, you know, physical pain was very uh, uplifting for me that I didn't feel a burden from her, right, yeah. in any perspective. Uh, I think community kept us going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, um, we had invested in life groups and, you yeah. know, just our, our circle of friends and man, did they show up for mm -hmm. us in a, in a lot of different ways. Uh, I remember waking up one morning and uh, saw my yard uh, was decorated for Christmas. So uh, we, we had some really great friends, um, Andrew and Ashley Swistack. Um, yeah. Man, they, they loved on us so well and, and orchestrated a lot behind the scenes. Mm. Um, so that was, I think our community was huge. And then we learned to ask for help mm. and, and we, we became okay with asking for help. And 
you know, for, for any of the men on that are listening <laughs> there, they're probably, they're probably knowing where this is going right now. We don't, we don't, we don't like to ask for help. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I remember clearly I was on the floor. Uh, Jen had the flu and Lainey had the flu. Hmm. So it was Kennedy was running the house. Um, yeah. at that point. And she, she texts actually Swiss stack and she said, we, we need help. Hmm. We need, we need some food. So Jen was in a room he was in a room. Wow. I was on the floor and, and people showed up. And so I think, you know, those are, those are some of the things that when we look back, we know that we couldn't have been, um, been able to push through that season without those folks coming around us and, and, and loving on us. Yeah. And I love that. I know we'll get into this in a, just a little bit, but you have this like centrality, uh, that got you through. I mean, you started by talking about vows, right? I, I, as a pastor, I often emphasize the importance of the vows that couples make, but you are actually attesting to the fact that the vows that you and Jen made years before actually sustained you years later. That's how big vows are. That is such a huge thing to recognize. And I think that's true of every couple. When you make those promises before God and to each other, there's some, some tremendous uh, like spiritual strength in there. So thank you for talking about that. And then the core of church, right? The, the community of church. Church isn't just this thing we do on Sundays. It's a living, breathing organism that shows up, decorates your lawn for Christmas. And <laughs> a group that your daughter can text to say, SOS, mom and dad are down. <laughs> Where you at? So I love that. that. That was really strong. What about you personally? You, probably you and Jen, what, what are some of the lessons you've learned along the way since then? And now reflecting back four years later? Oh man. So many things. How long do we have? Hey, we got, we got all day. Parents are already locked in. Uh, I mean, you know, I, 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 I like to think of myself. Um, so as a, as an athlete at heart, a competitor, mm -hmm. um, somebody that, that likes the grind yep. that probably doesn't get too upset one way or the other. Um, and, and it almost appreciates a little bit of the challenge. Mm. I think I learned, um, how important mental and emotional health is. Yep. That, that I, I probably didn't quite pay attention to before. And, you know, when you have to focus on taking care of yourself mm -hmm. uh, in order to take care of others or even show up and be present, it's a, it's a really humbling experience. Yeah. And, uh, you know, laying on the floor in excruciating pain, uh, you know, people are thinking about you at times and they send texts, but I'm awake mm -hmm. for 16 hours and, and I'm thinking about it the other, you know, 15 hours and, and 58 minutes when, when other people aren't. And so I had to learn about my own mental toughness and my own mm -hmm. emotional um, support and kind of what I needed. That was, a, I think, a huge lesson for us. Mm -hmm. um, I think our marriage alignment was, was a yeah. big piece. I mean, you kind of called out, you know, some of these things. We, we used the term uh, team blue. Right. Yeah. But to represent Duke a little bit and, yep. and kind of, you know, we, we are a team and mm. we need to, to move as a team and as a unit at, at any point in time. And, mm. and that's also a code word for us. That means whatever's going on right now, yes. right. On, on either side team. That's blue. Good. So, uh, we, we were able to communicate and plan, 
I think, really well during that season of what we each needed, either physically, emotionally, like, you know, responsibility-wise. Um, there was a lot that allowed us um, to do that. Um, I think I learned also how important um, your job can be, which mm -hmm. may sound silly, um, but, you know, in, in moving from the corporate world to join Torrent, you know, our, our core belief is that business is a platform to love and serve people. Mm. And uh, our, our core purpose inside of that core belief is to raise up leaders so that lives are transformed. Yeah. And, and how we do that is we put people first. And um, I, I never anticipated being on the recipient end of that. I yeah. thought... <laughs> My job was to, to help evangelize and create a culture that this was lived out. But I learned that, man, like, this is why it's important because I received that. You know, my, my CEO, uh, Daniel, um, just loved on me. Our executive team supported me. Our, our teams understood uh, and, and did a lot of various things. They had food show up. I mean, just very thoughtful. I, I learned that work and life is not separate. Mm. And, and that if you're willing to be vulnerable enough, you know, that those people at work can love on you too. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's not just this, this uh, subset of folks. And I think last, um, I, I, I learned the word empathy. Hmm. And, and I know I kind of, I kind of alluded to this a little bit up front when I was talking about, you know, the, the competitor in me, mm -hmm. I, I have individualization top, one of my top strengths and strength finder. Yeah. I really value individuals. If I'm not connected to it, sometimes I don't feel mm -hmm. right. And, um, going through pain has helped me really relate, I think to others mm -hmm. and not just the physical side, but the emotional and mental side of what that looks like. And so when I hear stuff that's going on with our team, uh, or what our people are going through, or our neighbors are going through, I just mm. have a completely different perspective on where they're at and maybe how they're feeling because I've been in some element of yeah. what they've gone through. And mm. I'm also very conscious to not um, say, oh, I know what you're going through. Because yeah. Yeah. Or when somebody says that they're in pain to say that, oh yeah, I know what your pain feels like. Mm. But I think that process that we all go through uh, I have a better appreciation for how hard it can be and, and what that, that looks like. So I think uh, empathy is something that I have certainly learned over the last five years. Yeah. Well, those are, I mean, like you said, we could talk for days about those lessons and hopefully something that we can capture uh, as listeners to this is when we look back over disruptions in life, there are lessons to be learned. That That may be cliche, but when you combine what you said about moving forward and what you've taken away here, here we you've grown in the process and now we're able to speak in other people's lives. And so to connect to empathy and move into kind of parenting through disruption, um, parents, we don't have this thing figured out. I know as dads, we may, we may not like to ask for help and that's because we like to have it all together. But when we accept the fact that, Parenting isn't perfection. It is the process of figuring out how to parent a little better every day. What was it like parenting through the disruptions you faced? You shared a little bit about um, parenting in the midst of that, but go into a little more detail there. Yeah, the, 
the thing about my pain that I realized um, was that I can be very snippy. Hmm. And, and when I'm in a, a high pain mode, it doesn't take much to accelerate, um, yeah. you know, some of those. So, you know, I think my wife has uh, done a great job of helping me stay honest um, hmm. and reminding me, hey, are you in pain? Do you need to? <laughs> <laughs> and she does it in this beautiful yeah. way that, that pretty much tells me to go sit down and stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I shake my head. Um, but I mean, it, it was hard. I think you know, disruptively speaking, you know, I can't do the things I want to do with my kids physically. Mm. Um, I can't, I can't hike and carry them on my back, right? Mm. I can't jump on the trampoline. Um, I can't showcase that, you know, I used to be an athlete, right? Mm. So that's this myth um, that they talk. I mean, I have real limitations um, with the things I can do. That, that puts a burden on Jen with mm. what he has to do. So I think there's two things there. Like one is what I can't do physically. The other is watching her do things that I want to do. Yeah. Right? And so, um, you know, knowing that, that that also can put extra stress on her, there's that emotional connection to like, I would rather be the one on the dram- trampoline tripping yep. you and, you mm. know, throwing tennis balls at you. Instead, I'm sitting in the chair right beside you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, 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 that's tough. And, um, you know, probably one of the things that eats at me the most to this day is how much I'm limited and and what that looks like. Can't walk to the pool because concrete sets Mm. my back off. Right. So, you know, we've had to really customize Mm. our life around a lot of the things that I'm able to do. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes, you know, the, the feeling is, ah, like that's not fair for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but also at the same time, you know, it's, it's where we are right now. And it doesn't mean that that's always the way it's going to be. So I think it's just trying to balance those things. And, yep. and then how do we go about thinking? It requires extra planning um, mm-hmm. on our weekends and our activities. And when we randomly get invited to something, we have to kind of go through the checklist of things. Right. To make sure, am I wearing the right shoes? Is that going to set my back off? You know, Hmm. all of those things. So I think that um, those things can be very disruptive for us as we maneuver through just the day to day. Yeah. So I I imagine if I were to place myself in anybody who's listening to this, because the question's running through my mind is, how do you make parenting a priority when you can't parent in the normal way? You have to be intentional. Yeah. (laughs) The first thing, I mean, we've, we've just learned that we we're like, we're different, right? Everybody's doing it different. It doesn't mean our house isn't fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that there's things that we don't do. It just looks a little bit different for how we live that out. Um, I mean, we we're very intentional about our family dinner time. Mm. Um, we have uh, we have a phone box uh, that we use to to put phones in starting at six o'clock. Can't get them back until eight thirty, so that yeah. we're not distracted with the social media or work that that uh, mm. will continue to to be a competing priority. Uh, we have monthly family meetings uh, where we talk about things that we want to do, things that are going well. Yeah, uh, you know, and we do one on one time with the girls, and mm. you know. I've gotten to tap into some other creative outlets that, you know, I probably wouldn't have, you know, Kennedy loves drawing and painting and doing some of those things that don't require the physical activity. Yeah. 
So um, it doesn't mean that we haven't been good parents or because we can't hike Crowder's Mountain, we're not. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks different for, for how we do it. And, and it requires us to be really intentional. Yeah. That's really good because there, the truth is, and I know I, I kind of set it up this way. It was like a little bit of, um, uh, uh, what is it called? Bait and switch is the phrase I'm looking for, you know, cause there is no normal parenting, right? We may have a picture in our mind, but we've got to be intentional with the family God has given us. So thank you for speaking into that as parents, you and you and I both know that we want to guard and protect our kids. So how do you and Jen help the girls through the disruptions that they experience? Um, we have, uh, we've been given a lot of great tools, mm-hmm. uh, parenting on purpose. Um, and, and I think we really operate with the mindset that we're trying to launch them yep. um, as, as a, as a leader in the business world, as a father of two girls, uh, I'm, I'm well aware that, that things aren't always fair and equal yeah. and, and equality doesn't exist across the board. And so I champion that in, in the workplace. I also champion it at home. Mm. And so that, that looks like us, I would probably say when I hear the word protect, I feel very like defensive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas that launch concept and idea is like, how much can we invest into mm. them to prepare them? What are That's the good. skills that they need to do that? Um, so we've, we've had very open and honest conversations with them and, you know, I don't know where the line is and that's part of my problem in the workplace too. Yeah. Let's just talk about it. Like, you know, and we don't know sometimes if we're, we're giving them too much information, hmm. um, are they, are they ready for this? Uh, but we don't want to feel like we're excluding them from anything. And yep. so, you know, we, we talk about how we feel when we hear, um, you know, presidents or former presidents, you know, make comments and mm-hmm. we, we explore those things as a family and, and we talk about why we feel a certain way. Yep. So, you know, we, they're also very well aware, um, you know, where, where our marriage sits um, yep. and what's a priority for us and then how they fit into that uh, in, in their relationship. Mm. But we try not to, to coddle them. And, um, you know, that that's hard sometimes when you know you can potentially stop them from making a mistake that you, you, you see it coming and right. you want to step in and you want to take the take the burden for them. Uh, but we're trying really hard to, to raise them where they can be big time contributors in mm. this world and they can learn it their own way. And that doesn't mean us just teaching them things. It's us challenging why they think so, a way about something as they develop their own opinions so I think from a, from a parenting perspective, Jen and I are very aligned on we, we want to create contributors and mm. we also want them to be prepared that it's not easy. It's yep. not fair. Uh, you're never going to feel like that, but here's the skills and the tools that you're going to need to navigate what that looks like and how confident you're going to need to be in your own beliefs and convictions, not ours, but yours, and hopefully providing a framework that will allow them to explore that. Yeah. I, I like the the comparison there that you made between uh, protecting and preparing, right? If we're always protecting and not preparing, then we're going to, they're going to miss out on the changes and disruptions that come in life. And we can only protect, but so far you and I both know that. So let's talk about faith. How has uh, the, how have these disruptions uh, both stretched and strengthened you? 
Oh man. <laughs> um, I, you know, I kind of use the analogy of 16 hours on the floor and, you know, yeah. God's the only one that's there with you all 16 hours. <laughs> nobody's going to lay with you. you know, yeah, that's good. That amount of period. And uh, I, I've never been angry hmm. at God throughout this whole process. Hmm. Uh, I occasionally have the thought, like, why? <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and, and I, I still probably deep inside want to know why I think that's being revealed to mm. me as I, as I grow and mature and as life experiences happen. But I mean, I, I would say that when, when you can't physically do something, you have no other choice, yeah. you know, but to, to sit there and, and pray and, mm. um, you know, I had Rebecca Woodman over, uh, bring a group of friends over one time and, and pray over me um, with oil. I think it was an essential oil uh, was the wrong one. It got into my eye. She, she remembers that moment uh, as one of her fondest in, in ministry as well. Yep. But I mean, I, I, feel, I feel like I've seen God show up hmm. um, because I, the, work, the work that I've had done on me isn't on the back. Yeah. It's on the heart. Hmm. And, and I, the lens that I've started looking through the world the last five years is, is not necessarily what I thought it was going to look like. Um, Jen made a comment to me uh, in one of our conversations a couple, a couple weeks ago. She said, randomly, on the couch, I think we're watching This Is Us, um, mm -hmm. so something that I'm obligated to watch. And she says, <laughs> What if, what if God gave you Lyme disease um, so you didn't turn into an alcoholic? Hmm. And I said, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm watching, I'm watching this. What are you talking about? And, yeah. You know, my grandfather was an alcoholic. Um, you know, mm. I, I, I had my fair share of fun in my early mm -hmm. uh, high school and in college and you know, as my health got worse, I continued to focus on what does holistic health look like and mm. what do I need to do and not yeah. Do, yeah. Uh, in order to get better. And so I just like, I just can't help but think that like, when I think about my faith and my back pain and this mm. health journey, that God's hands, not all over it and, yeah. and guiding me through things that, that, that I don't uh, know are around the corner and, and, and maybe not prepared to, to handle. I think it was um, Jonathan Stewart in a message a couple of weeks ago said, God's not going ahead of you. He's already there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel like uh, on my journey, God, God has been there for me. And, and I think that, you know, these are things that have increased my faith as mm. much as I'd love to be doing physical activity I realize it's also not about that. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm still just stuck on, you know, you talking about the 16 hours on your back. I mean, that's where God has met people throughout history is, you know, literally or uh, figuratively God meets us on our back. And I, I don't know, that could be another description for parenting. I don't know how many times just, you know, so that I'll, I'll take that away, man. So as we start to wrap this up, um, kind of, two ways of finishing this, uh, what step would you want our listeners to take after hearing your story? Just the next step or that you would have them take. I have no, no qualifications to give advice. <laughs> um, I, 
I, I do that for new parents when when they say what uh-huh. advice do you have and I said you'll figure it out that's about yep. the advice I can give you yeah um, I, I mean I like ask for help yeah you know, don't don't feel like you can't ask for help or it's too early to ask for help you know you you may you may feel like uh, it's like I can get through this part maybe I'll ask here and that it always feels like that line moves so I I'd say ask earlier would probably be some yeah. Have, um, I'd invest invest in your community. Invest mm. in those relationships. Uh, go pay it forward because yeah. you're going to need it at some point. That's right. Um, you know, I think the older you get, the more you realize that it's it's not when <laughs> right or if it's not if mm. it's when right. Yep. You'll, yep. you'll need help, and so I would encourage people to to invest in that community. Uh, and then I'd also encourage you know to do the same right, which mm. is you know go help somebody else out. Yep. And, uh, if, if you don't know what they need or they can't articulate it, like go to the basics, right? Mm. Like everybody needs, you know, words of encouragement or affirmation. Everybody needs food, right? Those little things I think can be, you know, big, big ways to show up for people. Mm. Well, why don't you uh, give our listeners a word of encouragement either channel your inner gens positivity or you're your restorer and uh let's finish it off a little encouragement oh i think i, I call in coach k here and get the yes. uh, locker room speech but <laughs> don't turn this off don't turn this off tar heel fans come on hang in there you know truth yeah. is truth no matter who says it <laughs> you can hear the booze even even when you're reporting this to people. it's amazing um you know, I, I'll say, you know, have, have an eternal mindset, um, mm-hmm. that, that infinite mindset, just, I, I found it to be, um, something that gives me and Jen and our family something to continue to strive towards. And it's, it's not about perfection. Uh, we're not trying to become perfect parents yep. over here. Uh, we're not looking for an award. Uh, you know, mm. sometimes it's nice to get some affirmation when sure. you take your, your daughters out on daddy daughter mm. dates and things of that nature. But I mean, having an internal mindset, I think allows you to understand that it's a process and you've got to keep putting in the work. You got to you got to keep reading. You got to keep investing in your marriage. You got to keep spending time. You got to adapt, um, you know, our six-year-old, you know, almost seven has an iPad in her hands, mm. school all the time and yeah. knows how to uh, work YouTube better than any mm. six-year-old should know at this point. <laughs> so you, I think you have to continue to understand and appreciate the process yeah. of what it looks like and, and set your mind on, on that end state. And, you know, for, for me, like what we're all working backwards from is, you know, I'm waiting for that heavenly body. Mm. Uh, where, where I can do those cartwheels or 360 dunks or, you know, anything that, that might be um, exciting. I, and I, I look forward to that day. Yeah. In the meantime, right, I, I'm controlling what I can control, right? Mm-hmm. What we can control as parents, we can't control the environment that's outside around us. And we're not going to hunker down and shelter yeah. at the same time. And so, you know, we, we stay in lockstep and we, we continue to invest in, in all of those things. And, uh, I don't know if we're doing it right, Todd. Um, mm. You know, so if you feel like you're not doing it right, I'd probably say you're you're on the right path. That's um, right. And yeah. and you know, just uh, know that uh, it can be lonely at times. It can be tough at times. Uh, but I think that that's the way the story is supposed to go. 
Yeah. And don't let it deter you or break you down. Yeah. Well, parents, I hope you feel encouraged. We're in this together. That is for sure. Uh, it's been awesome having you on the podcast, Austin. Thanks for sharing your story, man. Love you, brother. I appreciate yeah, it. Love you too. Hey, you're a great dad. Have a good one. All right. We'll see you, Todd. Hey, everybody. It's me again. I hope this episode encouraged you as you encounter disruptions and parent through them. Reflecting on some of the lessons Austin had learned through disruptions, I think it's important for all of us to consider our mental and emotional health, our marriage alignment, our work-life integration, and our empathy. All four of these categories will have an impact on our parenting. So which one do you need to concentrate on specifically right now? There were a couple of moments in the conversation that are worth hitting repeat on, especially the section about how God meets us when we're on our backs. The scriptures are full of moments like these, and God continues to meet us there today. I really connected with the contrast Austin made between protection and preparation. We can only protect our kids from so much, but we can prepare them for a whole lot more. And that includes the disruptions and the opportunities they'll encounter as they grow up. Thank you for raising the next generation to follow Jesus. And as Austin said, it's not about being perfect parents. It's about being intentional parents. Thanks for listening. Parent on parents, you got this.